This is the Self Storage Podcast, where we share the knowledge and skills from the industry's leading investors, developers, and operators to help you launch and grow your self storage business. I'm your host, Scott Myers, and over the past 16 years, we have acquired, developed, converted, and syndicated over 2 million square feet of self storage nationwide with the help of my incredible team at selfstorageinvesting.com, who has helped thousands of people achieve greatness in self storage. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Self Storage Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Myers. Now, nobody likes to pay taxes, but fortunately for us, as self-storage operators, we get to reduce our tax obligation more than any other asset class by performing a cost segregation study and then reclassifying portions of the property to accelerate our depreciation. My guest today is Chad Niehaus, the Regional Director for KBKG, one of the nation's top firms that performs these studies and ultimately lowers the overall tax basis for commercial properties. Chad has over seven years of experience working with CPAs and clients for tax-related services, including cost segregation, R&D tax credits, and green energy tax incentives. Chad received his Bachelor's of Business Administration in Marketing, Management, and Real Estate from the University of West Georgia. And in his spare time, Chad enjoys playing golf, boating, and spending time with family and friends. So without further ado, let's dive into my conversation on tax reduction strategies with Chad Chad Niehaus. Hey, Chad, welcome to the show. The hey, Scott, thanks for having me. I appreciate where I it. Oh, I'm glad we were able to uh, chat uh, yet again and as also well as try now to spot share and discuss some of our conversations. And most storage. importantly, well, this episode is going to be a role so reversal. I've given them a little I bit of background on you yourself, so if you would, uh, why don't you fill in the little gaps from the bio and let us know what you've been up to recently. Yeah, sure. And, you know, it's been a busy time for us in the cost segregation industry, especially with the pandemic and the economic resistance in the period that we're going through right now, people in businesses and how we obviously looking for an increase in cash flow and, and accelerating we also talk about the predictability of the asset class and the first one way of doing that but um, yeah i've been doing this for well a few years with kbkg so uh, manage our business the balance of our time was spent discussing the client relationships in the southeast market so a total of about nine states and we have a full operating office in atlanta but we also have nine offices across the country so without further ado let's dive into my interview firms in our on our space so we focus exclusively on engineering-based tax services. So what that means is, um, you know, cost segregation, R&D tax credit consulting, as well as some green energy tax incentives as well. But uh, we were established in 1999, and we currently have the most certified members from the American Society of Cost Segregation Professionals on staff of any firm in the, in the nation. And the ASCSP is, is really an organization that provides continuing education, member certification and a code of ethics and technical standards for our industry. And um, all of our cost segregation studies are supervised by an ASCSP certified member. But um, yeah, that's just, just a little bit more background about myself and, and KBKG and what we're up to these days. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I wanted to, I, I suppose we'll dive right in. One of the, the burning questions that I had is, um, you know, most people know about uh, the benefit of uh, cost segregation in the terms of accelerated depreciation. So let, let's, um, if you would, let's handle this in two parts. Um, you know, let's expand on that a little bit more for those who may be uh, new to this uh, as to the benefits to an individual owner. And then if you would answer that um, in terms of, as we discussed earlier, you know, we do a lot of syndications where we bring in private equity partners. They, they get uh, ownership, they get shares and uh, how at the end of the year, you know, the benefit that they have also of getting that accelerated depreciation. So give us an idea of, um, you know, ways of use that or, or maybe some other syndicators and promoters um, are utilizing that to, uh, to make it a, a, even more of an advantage for people to invest with them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, to kind of start off with the beginning part of your question, you know, cost segregation 
uh, to give you a little bit a bit of background, so it's it's really a long been regarded as one of the best commonly used tax strategies available to sell storage inv owners and investors uh, to immediately reduce tax by accelerating depreciation deductions and, and really deferring these federal and state income taxes. So whether you acquired a facility or you're planning to buy a facility or you're embarking uh, on a building or replacement program, cost segregation should be part of your strategy to maximize cash flow. Um, essentially, a cost segregation analysis allows an owner to depreciate certain types of a building uh, components and site improvements over a shorter depreciation recovery period that, that, that is usually, you know, a typical 39 years, um, generally used for the structural elements of a self-storage facility. And so the benefit to the owner is really simple. It's, your, you know, by deferring taxes through the use of accelerated depreciation, owners, you know, can retain more cash. But, um, you know, for, you know, syndicators, as you mentioned, anybody that's, uh, you know, looking for investors into a project or a property, you know, it, um, it the, essentially the, the shareholder allocation, whatever their ownership percentage may be, it directly flows through and is allocated the same way as far as these deductions go that are generated through a cost segregation study. And self-storage facilities in general are a great candidate for cost segregation because, you look at the, the depreciable tax basis of the property, of course, that's the purchase price or construction costs, excluding the land value, that depreciable basis amount, you're typically looking at a 25 to 45% reclass percentage into a shorter recovery life. And so if you're looking at that big picture, 25 to 45% of the total cost depreciable basis of the property is actually gonna be able to to be taken as a um, deduction in the first year or year that the property is placed in service. And that's through 100% bonus depreciation, which is now at play and uh, was passed through the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act back in, in uh, 2017. So um, it's just, it, it's an immediate tax savings for any investor that wants to, you know, invest in these properties and, and, and a project. Well, we know what it means for us, and now we've been beating that drum and letting our investor partners know that that is also an advantage for them as well. And that if for those that aren't investing in real estate, they don't have the depreciation allowance for any other investment. You can't do it with stocks, bonds, or precious metals, or anything else for that matter. So once again, just a clear advantage that we have. But you had mentioned that anywhere from 25 to 45%, and that's what we've seen for both ourselves and some of our students and partners that you've been working with as well, Chad, but tell us how that compares uh, to other asset classes, uh, say multifamily, um, you know, industrial, perhaps. I mean, right now, even, oh, I, I suppose they're not the most um, um, popular asset classes, but uh, compared to medical or hospitality, gaming, you know, how does self-storage stack up in terms of, uh, you know, the benefit of having a cost-seg analysis done? Yeah, self-storage is definitely towards the top as far as, you know, driving the most benefit in a study. Um, obviously, any any type of property that has very little movable or replaceable type of components are not going to be good candidates. So that's, you know, industrial or warehouses, you know, they just have cement floors or essentially empty shells that they're throwing in like a distribution center, for example. Those aren't going to drive as much benefit as a multifamily or retail or um or, or medical office or just general office building would, would drive. They're not going to drive as, uh, as much benefit as, you know, these types of properties that have more reusable, movable property and 1245 personal property. 
Um, so self, self storage facilities typically have, you know, extensive site work such as paving, curbing, fencing, lighting, retaining walls and storm drainage and other utilities. Um, and these items are specifically identified by the IRS as property that can be depreciated over 15 years instead of 39 years, that is. So furthermore, there are also systems that can be depreciated over five or seven years, um, such as movable partitions. And of course, self-storage facilities have uh, those partition walls um, are oftentimes five-year property. But also any furniture fixtures and equipment, CCT uh, or CCTV security systems, controlled access gates, any computerized locking systems or alarm systems, et cetera. These are just a few examples of, of five and seven year property that once again, you can take 100% bonus depreciation on these components and depreciate, depreciate them in the current tax year or whichever year the, the property is placed in service. Mm -hmm. So Chad, what, what do things look like uh, afterwards? We've taken uh, the bonus depreciation, we've done this um, uh, over five years or in the first five years. Um, and, and if you're planning to hold instead of uh, selling a project uh, in that time frame, what does it look like uh, afterwards and you know, from a tax standpoint do the benefits um, fall off or you know, is that something that's put in place that you can enjoy then um, for years to come because you've already done the analysis? Yeah, so the, really the purpose and primary goal of a cost segregation study is to drive deductions sooner. You know, a cost tag isn't going to create any new deductions. They're just front-loading the deductions that are available to you, right? And so um, it really, you know, through a cost segregation study, you're going to see a tremendous amount of deductions, obviously additional tax deductions in the first year. And um, we always recommend that a, a client uh, hold on to the property for at least three to five years after doing the cost segregation or after the property is placed in service. You can always go back and do a cost segregation, you know, further down the road. I mean, really, we can go back to 1987 to do a cost segregation study. Now, will we? Probably not, because once again, it's a time value money concept. So the, the purpose of the, the cost segregation is that, you know, a dollar today is worth more, a heck of a lot more than a dollar 39 years from now. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, yeah, so when you're talking about holding on to the property, definitely want to make sure you're holding on to it three to five years. Otherwise, there could be the opportunity for a recapture tax. Mm -hmm. um, of course, everything's for sale for a price, right? But, um, mm -hmm. but you know, at least as long as you're holding on to it for three years, you're, the recapture is going to be minimal. But, uh, you know, I, I do have a case study if you're, you know, have a $5 million, you know, purchase price of a uh, self-storage facility, you're, you're going to see at least, you know, a million dollars in additional deductions in the first year. And that's just incredible tax savings, right? That, that is absolutely incredible. Is that, is that typical, you would say, Chad, or, and if so, um, maybe give us the best example of um, how, uh, you know, utilizing uh, a caustic analysis has benefited um, one of your clients even more than you would have expected or even better than that example. Or maybe there was a different twist uh, or a different strategy that was uh, utilized that, uh, that maybe um, could be uncovered that you could share. Yeah, so I mean, it, especially on acquired property, it, mm -hmm. it definitely makes the most sense to do a cost segregation study on acquired property. I'd say about 70% of our business as a firm is on acquisitions. <laughs> um, and the reason being with newly constructed property, uh, there's definitely, you know, some opportunity to uh, do, you know, what's called like a desktop review of the total costs that are 
incurred during the project. And you can probably pull out 50% of the most obvious 15-year land improvements or five-year personal property. But, um, and then, you know, it, you're getting most of the benefit just by doing a desktop review. However, through an acquisition, you know, you, you typically don't have access to the site plans or anything like that. And so having a, a full engineering analysis and an engineer come out and do a, a, a site inspection to visit the property and, and do the study is going to drive significant benefit. Um, one example, I guess, uh, you know, is actually a self-storage facility here in North Georgia that we recently completed a study on. I think we are estimating 20% uh, uh, on the front end. We're always in the business of under-promising and over-delivering, right? So our benefit estimates are um, somewhat on the lower end and they're conservative uh, just to make sure we are over-delivering. Over but um, you know, I think we estimated 20% reclass into five and 15 year property on a you know, 2018 acquisition. Mm -hmm. uh, it just so happens we ended up getting about 52% uh, total reclass. And so mm -hmm. it was a, you know, of a $4 million acquisition, you're talking about more than $2 million in additional deductions year one. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just one example of a self storage facility recently completed. So. Wow. That's fantastic. That kind of yeah. <laughs> So yeah. let's, um, you know, and, and again, we don't go into these uh, projects. We know that we're going to be able to get some savings. And so we wouldn't want to build anything, uh, maybe even 25% to 50% uh, reclassification more into a business model uh, by any stretch. But are people utilizing you on the front end at all, Chad, and saying, hey, I'm getting ready to purchase this uh, facility, you know, you know, performing a desktop study uh, to say, hey, what could I expect in the first five years so that they, you know, as they model out their projections and they're doing their underwriting in the first five years, um, is that a good time for them to bring you into the, the mix, uh, even pre-acquisition? Absolutely. And we get that, uh, that request all the time. Um, so to tell you about 90% of our business actually comes through way of CPA referral or, um, you know, we're working directly, directly with the tax preparer for the client. And so a lot of times they're using us as a tax planning strategy, but, you know, for you know, clients like yourself that are, you know, looking to invest in a property, absolutely. They're, they're leveraging us to prepare a detailed cost and benefit analysis that that'll show the estimated purchase price, estimated depreciate, de, um, depreciable basis of the property. And they're using this as not only a tax planning tool, but an opportunity to attract other investors and, and ultimately close the deal. So, yeah, no, we, uh, we, we do that pretty frequently. Mm -hmm. Well, Chad, if you would, um, you know, several of our guests that, that we've had on recently, I've uh, asked them to get out their crystal ball, dust it off, and uh, take a look at the, the industry as a whole. You know, what, what do you see coming on down the pike for our industry on a, on a macro level for the end of uh, 2020 and then uh, into 2021? Uh, what should investors be looking for in terms of uh, development and or acquisitions um, as you see it? Yeah, so I mean, I think right now with the current economic situation and with the pandemic, I think a lot of there's a lot of unknowns right now, especially in the uh, commercial real estate space. Um, I think self-storage facilities are going to, you know, fare pretty well. I mean, they've been a pretty, uh, you know, stagnant and, um, and consistent industry, you know, for commercial investors. And I think it's going to continue to be so. I think obviously with retail and uh, anybody in hospitality, uh, they might see a, a little bit of a dip. But uh, one concern, I guess, one of the things that we're, you know, hoping doesn't happen is, you know, obviously with the economic situation this year and the 2020 tax year, uh, you know, we're 
hopeful that people are still going to need the deductions that are driven through a cost segregation study. Um, I think self storage facilities, of course, are going to need the deduction. They're, you know, um, they're st still, you know, seeing business growth and they're doing well. But you know, commercial property investors and in these uh, management companies that are investing in, you know, um, not only office space but these retail strip centers and other hospitality, uh, you know, properties like restaurants, for example. They they may not need the deductions because they might be taking significant losses this year, so it just it just it just depends, right? It's uh, there's a lot of unknowns right now. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, um, that is uh, for certain. So we are uh, keeping our ear to the ground, and one of the benefits that I have sitting in this chair is talking with uh, folks like yourself that uh, you know see different uh, in all angles of uh, self storage and where we're heading as an industry. So. Um, Chad, I, I appreciate uh, so much once again uh, the, the time that you're taking out uh, today and for the care that you're taking uh, with the folks that, that we send over to you, our, our students, our joint venture partners, and um, everybody's had nothing but glowing reviews uh, about the work that you've been doing for them. So uh, once again, I want to thank you for that. Um, but before we uh, head out here, any any tools that you've been using uh, recently or resources um, in your everyday life, uh, you know, like even a, an Evernote or an alternative platforms or something just to, to help us all work a little bit better that you've utilized that has uh, helped you recently that you would like to share with the folks? Yeah, I mean, with everybody, you know, working virtual or most people working virtual, obviously having access to Zoom or Ring Central has been essential. Um, but also, you know, it's 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 just staying in front of clients is, is um, often and as best as we can during these times, mm -hmm. um, you know, and uh, just, you know, staying on the phone consistently has obviously been the best resource for me. But, um, you know, just preparing cost of benefit analysis is one thing I wanted to add, Scott, is that, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a free analysis for us to, you know, just, you know, get to gather some additional or uh, initial information about the property, mm -hmm. some basic information, such as the property address, the you know estimated purchase price of the property, estimated square footage, things like that, and then we can prepare an, a benefit estimate and our fee associated with the project at, at no cost to the client. And so, uh, just one thing to keep in mind: it's always a free initial analysis to you know get the ball rolling, and and uh, you know if you're thinking about doing a cost segregation study, so. Well, and absolutely everybody um, should look into this uh, period, uh, not only because you can benefit greatly anywhere to up to a 50% uh, reclassification, uh, but it just makes sense uh, any time that we're embarking upon a new development and or acquisition, we're always looking for ways to be able to maximize that investment. And this is uh, definitely one of them, which is the reason why I had Chad on here and um, his entire team just has done an incredible job uh, for us. Uh, and again, with our partners. So uh, Chad, if you would, um, what is the best way for people to get in touch with you to just connect and talk about some of the projects they have coming up as well as a free analysis? Sure. So you can uh, call me directly. My number is 678-996-5196. Once again, 678-996-5196. Or you can uh, just email me. It's chad.mehouse at kbkg.com. And my last name is spelled N-I-E-H-A-U-S. All right, Chad, once again, uh, thanks so much for your time today and um, looking forward to hopefully seeing you back at uh, one of our masterminds here uh, very soon when we get, get back in the same room again together. But in the meantime, stay safe and appreciate your time again today. Absolutely. Thank you, Scott. All right. Thanks, Chad. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening as always. Now, we're going to be talking about topics like this that are on target for the times that we find ourselves in. So it is important that you are listening to this podcast every single week 
because the guests that I'm going to be bringing on and the topics we will be covering are relevant to what we are all going through right now. And it's just going to get better and better and better in terms of the content that we are going to be discussing. And it's going to be more timely than ever. So please make sure you subscribe to the show and make sure you're paying attention to these episodes as they are coming out during this period, as I'm specifically going out and finding guests who are providing really valuable information you need right now. So thank you so much. We'll see you next week.